look, guys, the D.A.R.E. program has not been successful. Kids just aren't responding to this in the classroom. But long-form content is having a heyday right now. So we're going to make a movie that make drugs seem so uncool that kids will never do them. All right, so if we're going to do this, we need to find the grimiest, dirtiest, burnoutiest piece of shit available in Hollywood. Who are we thinking for this? I got it. I got it. Guys, MGK has to be. That's brilliant. I let me let me just MGK isn't really available. So, who's our second stringer for this? Don't worry, guys. I got an idea. Welcome to Off the Film Path. Here we review and discuss movies that, for better or for worse, are less known to the general public. Today we are discussing 2020's Big Time Adolescence. I'm Kyle. And I'm Sophia. And we have a guest with us today, but not just a guest. Our first guest to return, Matt. Guess who's back? Back again. Hi, guys. Oh, hey, <laughs> Slim Shady is a recurring theme in this movie. <laughs> yeah, because Pete Davidson wishes he was. <laughs> Oh, God, that is so low rent. It's fine. (laughs) So this movie, one, it's a Hulu original, so... It's terrible. uh, Yes. I think I've only seen one good Hulu original movie. What was that? Palm Springs. You know, that was the one that was supposed to be like, I had autoplay set on my Hulu, Mm -hmm. and that was supposed to be the next movie playing, and I was just like so disgusted with my Hulu, I... Blasted a hole in my computer with a shotgun. Yes. <laughs> I, I, that wasn't enough. You should have done more. <laughs> this episode, I think, is coming out a few days before Halloween. And perhaps we should have done a scary movie. But in its own way, this is one of the scariest movies there is. <laughs> Yo, look, this movie actually... All right, I had to... I've watched some pretty rank-ass movies some of which for this podcast, I had to walk away from this movie for days. I've been trying to finish this fucking movie for the entire two weeks that I knew it was coming. Yeah, yeah. I didn't <laughs> think it was that bad. Oh, boo. No, I'll, I'll I, be the voice of reason I'm, this I'm in the middle, because like I don't like this movie, but it's not so bad that I can fully just dismiss it out of hand. Like It sticks in your head because yeah. it's it becomes like a hate watch at a certain point. Okay, yeah. so so we've got a nice spectrum of opinions on this movie. That's good. That's good for the analysis. I didn't love it. Yeah, it's not, not my favorite movie, but I didn't. I didn't Nobody feel did. a need to to explode my computer with a stick of dynamite after. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh well. Yeah. So this movie was a mistake. That's all I can say. My thought is this is such a unique premise. The basic premise is Pete Davidson's a shitty boyfriend breaks up with his girlfriend, but the girlfriend's younger brother, like, looks up to him because the younger brother's much younger. Yeah. And then they become friends. So now Pete Davidson's, like, 22, 23, and the kid's 16. And it's, I think what happened is someone's like, sure, let's see how this plays out. (laughs) I think think they wanted to make a really, like, emotional movie that was also really real, and it just kind of came off as sad. 
my theory on this is that there was a script writing 101 class that got just way <laughs> out of hand. And the teacher for this class, like, was too much of a pushover to say, like, no, you need to find a new idea because this sucks all the dicks. Or, you know, good old fashioned nepotism could be at play. That's true. And actually, like, hang on a second. Let's find out because I'm sure I have it. I don't have it pulled up. Never mind. It would have been the writer or director, I think. Not not Pete Davidson. No. Yeah. yeah no, this this is not sad enough to be a Pete Davidson original. <laughs> I'm sorry. I feel bad. Like, Pete Davidson's talked about his struggles with mental health. And I do feel bad about saying that now in retrospect. In that case, let's just get into it. I don't want to spend too much time on this, really. Yeah, slam that beer. Let's do this fucking thing. This is just actually seltzer. You should have not even hard seltzer. Yeah, honestly, like we're all drunk. That's fine. <laughs> that's, that's that's the thing in this podcast. Yeah. So, like any good movie, gotta start at the end. Gotta start at the yep. end and say, "How did we get here?" We have here an actual no shit record scratch. Yup, that's me. Bet you're wondering how I got here. It's a little, it's worded a little differently. Yes. I think it's funny though. We did cover a movie, Killing Hasselhoff, where it's literally. Oh yeah. He literally says that as he's bleeding out. (laughs) Yeah. So this kid's getting hauled off by the school cop and is like, yeah, this looks bad. Yes, it does. But it's not entirely my fault. I want pause there for just a second because yes, it is. It's entirely his fault. It's 100% his fault and no one else's. I'll call it 90-10. His fault. 10% not his fault. I'm I'm with Kyle. We'll talk about this in the analysis section, but like... Yeah. No, I have a Socratic... Yeah. There's a... Or maybe it's an Aesop's fable. It doesn't matter. Anyway, we'll get to the analysis section. Are you talking about like the uh, scorpion and the frog? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a scorpion and the frog thing. Exactly. So... Then we flash back six entire years and Pete Davidson is going out with a girl, a very young girl. He's supposed to be young as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he's Pete Davidson, so he still looks 35. (laughs) (laughs) He looks like a young 35, but he's never not looked like a young 35. (laughs) He's looked 35 since he was 12. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> Poor guy. Congratulations. It's a young adult. Right. <laughs> His name's Zeke. Yeah, so Zeke is going out with this girl, and this girl has a younger brother. And this younger brother is like eight or so, and looks up to Zeke because Zeke treats him as if he is much older than he actually is and engages with him in a way that's not patronizing. And it's like, I get it. It's not good, but I get it. The bar is so low. That 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 definitely is a thing, though. Like, the, hey, here comes this new guy who treats this little kid like he's grown up, and the little kid just idolizes him for it. Yeah, we talked about this in the episode on Butter. Like, that was my thing about about Ethan, is that he treated, he treated Destiny like, uh, you know, like she was not a child. But he also didn't give her beer and show her nudes. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, so we go through a little bit of a, you know, time is sped up a little bit and Pete Davidson is explaining to his girlfriend why 
he wasn't actually cheating on her with this other random Facebook girl that I guess they were mutual friends. I got the whole conversation I got was basically Pete Davidson said Zeke whatever said he just liked her photo and the girl Mo the little kid's name is Mo Mo's sister was just like no you clearly cheated which is super loose and that's like a obviously Zeke cheated right in the context of the movie he obviously cheated but that is a thing when people are like oh you liked someone else's post therefore you are cheating that's like yeah. such a hot topic for me right now. <laughs> and I was ready. That was the angriest I was. Uh, sounds like there's a story there. We'll have to talk there about really it after isn't. we cut. There really, there really isn't. It's just like, I think it's dumb when people are like, oh, hey, if you're, if I'm even giving 0.5 seconds of attention to this other girl on Instagram, I'm giving her more attention than that I could be giving you. And I'm like, this is dumb this is just like societally it's stupid also the tricky things with movies are there's things that are not seen that may be at play i mean they're characters but we only see what the camera shows us so who knows so at this point we don't know who the who the person who has like the the messed up well okay we it gets resolved pretty quickly but like we don't know who the for the lack of a better term crazy person in this situation is and Pete Davidson takes no time in establishing his character Zeke as a complete piece of shit. So, it, by way of talking himself out of this cheating thing, he says, and I'm going to paraphrase, but it's mostly a direct quote, Nah, she used to be really fat and then she lost a bunch of weight, so I commented like, damn! Like... Uh, it's so shitty. I want to keep this moving because holy shit, do I not care about their Yeah, yeah. We, we could be here all fucking year. Yeah. <laughs> Moral of the story, Zeke and Mo's sister break up. And because Mo idolizes Zeke, there's like a conversation afterwards where Mo's like, no, like you guys, I like you. I still want to you to be around. And Zeke's like, eh, yeah, just hop in my car. It'll be fine. And they go sit in a parking lot. Which apparently they do for the next six years because we just steadily see in, in a montage both of them grow up. It's not just them. It's like there's other like Oh yeah, it's a people. crew. Yeah. Yeah. That's like it's who a, it's are a these hang. people who want to hang out with a middle schooler. Also, quick question. They're out there till like four in the fucking morning, and apparently this middle schooler's parents didn't care. This movie's goofy. Yeah. <sighs> Yeah. Moral of the story. We see Zeke kind of like leading conversation. He's like portrayed as like the the cool older brother for a little bit. And then all of a sudden it's done. No one is left in the parking lot. So they go back to a house party. And now we're at like present present day. So they they go back to a house party and we meet Zeke's crew of friends who are all just as much of a dirtbag as he is. Yeah. Including including MGK, which yeah. I think is so funny. <laughs> Hold on, was that literal MGK? Yeah, no, that was actually like the the blonde. Yeah, no, it was actually MGK. Fucking <laughs> <laughs> what? Yeah. Oh no, M- MGK. It was so funny. MGK acts under Colson Baker, like he uses his real name. Okay. So that's why you like didn't see it in credits, but it's a hundred and ten percent MGK, and he is just he's being MGK. There was no acting. It was just like, yeah. Contributing to the delinquency of a minor? 
<laughs> I cannot tell if this movie was like perfectly acted or perfectly cast or something, but it's like, yeah, I get you. Oh, it was perfectly yeah. cast. 110%. They were like, hey, who is who's the the dumbest duo we can think of? Pete Davidson and MGK are best friends. Actually, what it probably was was Pete was like, hey, uh, I got cast in this movie. Uh, Coulson. At <laughs> 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 110% what it was. It was what it was. Oh my god. Oh my. Okay, yeah, this movie was perfectly cast to do psychic damage to me. <laughs> they go to a bar. We join the friends, like, mid-conversation, and Sophia actually messaged me about a line they say while she was watching the movie. <laughs> I was very briefly considering live-tweeting this, then I was like, no, I'm going to do a podcast about it. So instead, I hopped over to Facebook and messaged Kyle, and hold on, let me pull up the message, because I... I I have a record here of my going insane. Oh yeah, here we go. So, I mean, I'm through the credit sequence, which was seven minutes long. And John Cryer? Why? Oh shit, Ducky's in this movie. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And, And like, I guess it's more of a framing sequence. Yo, listen to a Joe Rogan podcast. There's some shit going on, bro. Listen, they <laughs> nailed people who are not over high school. <laughs> oh, oh yeah. my god. Yeah, no, they, they absolutely they know the people they're working like they're impersonating here. So Sophia, that's the thing. Like I can't dismiss this movie as wholly bad because there's some like really good parts around the center of like the yeah. casting director, best casting director in Hollywood, change my fucking mind. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, look, I guess if this was marketed specifically to, like, late 20s burnouts who listen to Joe Rogan, yeah, no, this is absolutely perfectly cast. Yo, Pete Davidson's in this fucking movie, and Machine Gun Kelly, are you fucking kidding me? Let's go watch this, bro. It's free on Hulu? Fuck yes, that's my favorite price. (laughs) My favorite price. Right after 69. (laughs) Nice. Let's see. They hit on some women. They try and like wingman for Mo, who's sixteen, and it's like, hey, don't do that. Yeah, yeah. This this motherfucker is like, yo, Mo was in the army. He's been in Afghanistan. He's seen some shit. I'm like, the dude looks like he's barely left the womb. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. He he looks like he's like fourteen. He's also got a stamp on his hand, which kids. Back when you could get into a bar before you were 21, they would put a stamp on your hand so you couldn't get served alcohol. So, like, there's a stamp on the kid's hand. Yeah. No. Yeah, they know he's not he's not 21, which I mean, yeah, you could serve it. You could serve at 18. You could sign up at 17, but you can't really be like posted overseas for 16 years. So, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like uh, I've been in the army for. Yeah, he's been in the army for 16 years. I'm like, fuck are you talking about, man? Like, I guess yeah. it, it makes sense that everybody knows that he's bullshitting. Yeah, whatever. They go back to the house party. They're playing, I guess, just quarters? Yeah. It's something like well, quarters? They're playing baseball. Okay, yeah. I hadn't known that as its own game. Yeah, it's quarters, but you extend how far you got to hit, and, like, you get singles, doubles, triples. They hit a home run. They hit a home run. <laughs> they list what's in this fucking drink, 
and it's a just a bunch of bullshit. It's a bunch of shit, and I call it the potion of fuck your stomach lining. <laughs> this would fucking kill you. Like this has like Sudafed, Xanax, fucking whiskey. It was like whiskey, Zanny, cough syrup tequila all in my and it was like brown it looked like chocolate milk which is probably what it actually was in outside of the film but it looked like it looked like chocolate milk danger coco i've definitely had some like dumb fucking nights in someone's house like this particularly during college so have i but like i don't remember mixing xanax into it oh absolutely granted that might that might have been because Xanax wasn't really a widely available thing at the time, but yeah, no. But I, everyone, everyone's had that like, oh, like King is it King's Cup the one where like yeah, yeah. yeah everyone's played King's Cup. Like yep. there's disgusting mixtures. It happens and, and one yeah and one, but and then Bigger two. Quotes there <laughs> to MGK's credit, he tries to stop Mo from drinking it. And Mo's just like, no, 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 I got it. And this is the first moment where we're like, oh, Zeke's actually just a shit human. Yeah. If you hadn't picked that up yet. But Zeke's like, no, 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 let the kid do it. So in an instance where MGK is the voice of reason, <laughs> Zeke, <laughs> Mo, Mo drinks it, Mo just downs it. And in 0.5 seconds is on the floor. He like <laughs> he actually slaps MGK, which is one of my favorite moments. <laughs> Like immediately after, MGK's yeah. like, like hit me, just hit me. <laughs> just no, no, no. Okay, so so MGK's like, how you feeling, bro? He's like, strong. It's like, yeah, <laughs> hit me. I want you to hit me as hard as you can. He's like, yo, for real? He's like, yeah, yeah. So he like does a couple of fake punches, and then when MGK's not looking, he just like slaps him in the face. <laughs> he like falls out of his chair. So it's his whole fucking body weight <laughs> in that slap. Also, amazing follow through. Zeke has a new girlfriend. Her name's Holly. She kind of matters to this story, I guess. I mean, insofar as anything um, matters, she matters. I would, I would, I would actually push back on that. I don't think she actually matters. One, well, okay, she matters for like half a second. She makes one good point in the entire movie, and then never again. But also, none of this movie fucking matters. So that's true. That that's fair. Also, she was in Netflix's Everything Sucks. <laughs> The long-awaited sequel to Big Time Adolescence. Uh, it was a it was a TV show. <laughs> I, know, bad, I, I know, I know. Whatever. Anyway, we're at school the next day, and we get to school by watching Mo throw up in a school toilet. Yeah, yeah. And all right, guys, who is this kid, Stacy? He's in a bunch of shit. Yeah, I've seen him around. I can't, I can't remember anything I've seen him in though. He was in the Mick. He was in What Hot American Summer, first day of camp. The TV show prequel, not the actual mm. movie. Mm, okay. So, yeah. He's kind of an up-and-coming child actor. Yeah. Fairly well-known child actor, and is, like, enamored by the fact that this this peer of his is just completely fucking wasted and just, like, puking up all of the booze. He's like, bro, it's Thursday. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was actually really funny. I was thinking the exact same thing. And then, like... So they run into each other in the bathroom, right? And then they go to the classroom and Stacy walks up to Mo and is just like, dude, you're a legend. Mo's like, what the fuck are you talking about? And Stacy's like, you missed all of first period and no one said anything. And Mo just like really quietly just like, well, if they don't notice you when you're there, they're not going to notice you when you're not. 
which is like the first super sad moment in the movie. Like, I think this is like, aside from the overarching, like, uh, this movie is just kind of sad. There mm. are some like really sad moments like that make you just feel horrible <laughs> across this movie. And yeah. then these little dipshits like take advantage of that of that sad moment to be punks and like mm-hmm. I don't care anymore. Like you've you've completely robbed it of any emotional weight by using it as an excuse to get just absolutely ripped to shit. Oh, Stacy does not give a fuck about this kid. No, 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 oh, no. no. Stacy cares about this dude exactly in so far. You know what? We'll get there. Well, he does say, can you get me alcohol for this party? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. And that is the extent to which Stacy cares about Mo. Pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. Let's see. I glossed over this whole thing as high school bullshit because mm-hmm, that's mm-hmm. this whole fucking movie. Yep. We see Zeke at work and there was a really nice detail where Zeke has a cracked phone. I was like, yep, that's right. That... Yeah. Yep. 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 Makes perfect sense. Isn't he like he's looking at pictures of Mo's sister? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. Like yeah. surprising no one, Mo's not exactly a stalker, but like not Zeke. not Zeke. Sorry, yeah, Zeke's not exactly a stalker, but he's also not not that. I mean, who's who's never checked out an ex's right. uh, social media? And he's also like sleeping with her still. Oh so, yeah, yeah, that's true. It, Occasionally, don't know it at this point, but yes. <laughs> It, it's very, very shortly after. Yeah. It's like, so St- Stacy, just to get our timeline straight, Stacy asks Mo, is like, hey, I got invited to the senior party because I told him I can get booze. I can't get booze. You're hungover, so obviously you can. Will you come with me and bring booze so we can get into this party? Mo's like, all right, yeah, whatever. Sure. Yeah. And then so he goes to Zeke, asks Zeke to buy him booze. They don't. They buy uh, records instead. I did not expect them to be vinyl guys. I kind of did. Like, or rather, it's not surprising, I should say. Yeah, I'm surprised that they were just like, they went to a record store, found a record they thought looked cool, and then threw it on. Because that that feels like something that they would not do. (laughs) You need to correct you slightly, Matt. They do buy booze eventually, but they oh, take they do use some of the money that Stacy gave them to buy their records. Yeah. Which look, that's in the etiquette of can you buy me booze? Because this this was a while ago for me, but like not so long ago that I can't remember. That's fair game. Yeah. Like when you when you give somebody a couple hundred dollars to get you booze, like you expect to not get like the entire two hundred and fifty dollars worth of booze. Yeah, like you're gonna get like two hundred dollars worth of booze, and that's just cost of doing business. Yeah. <laughs> so John Cryer plays Mo's dad, and he's he kind of tries to be a good dad, but he also kind of knows that there's only so much he can do. Which is that's good dad shit, but also like so so this is at least as far as I'm concerned the most meaningful struggle in the entire fucking movie because he's struggling with like how to how to be a good parent to this kid who's like you don't want to be like yo you're going down a bad path and i'm going to correct you aggressively because that's going to make your kid resent you but but also like how to do this in a way that protects your kid from the bad shit you see coming so to me this is like the most meaningful thing and he does this primarily through baseball like that's the That's the mode through which he interacts with his son. And like, so he's like, yeah, 
Moe's not very good. Moe has trouble connecting that with ball, which mood. <laughs> yeah, no, no, that, that I try. <laughs> and John Cryer's like, well, okay, we need to work on it. I'll take you to work on it. He's a little bit pushy with it, I will say, but. Or like Mo wants to quit yeah. the team because he's mm-hmm. not good. And the dad's like, no, you got, we're not quitters. You got to stick with it, which I don't love that attitude of we're not quitters. It's like, if you're not good at something and you're not enjoying it, just stop. But I also get like, hey, it's good to have something so he's not hanging out with Zeke all the time. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, on the other hand, I will say that, like, especially with sports, you're not born good at sports. Like, almost nobody is born good at a sport. Like, you have to put in just so much time and effort. And you suck for a long time at it. I had to play hockey for, like, three fucking years before I was even remotely close to good. There is a thing of, like, he's in high school and he clearly has not kept pace with his peers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, I mean, like, that's that's growing up. <laughs> yep. There's so many scenes that are just at Zeke's house, but we're back there. Yeah. I want to note this. They play Crazy Taxi, and I fucking love the game Crazy Taxi. I'm not familiar. I missed it entirely. That's how, like, the scene opens, is Holly is playing it, and then MGK's like, give me the controller, type of thing. Oh, the but, video. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. yeah. I, didn't, I didn't realize that was, uh, yeah. I recognize the video game, but I didn't recognize that it was Crazy Taxi. Yeah, you'll see that super in arcades, but sometimes like some family restaurants that have like a few arcade machines, you kind of know what I'm talking about. Have a Crazy Taxi machine. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, I missed it entirely. Not important. So bad at this. (laughs) There was a really sweet moment where Mo and Zeke are talking shit to each other because, you know, bros. Mm. And Zeke's talking shit on Mo and he's like, fine, I'll leave. And Zeke actually was honest. And he's like, no, please don't do that. I'll be sad. <laughs> yeah, but like honest in a way that's like, bro, I was just kidding. What are you, a fucking queer? Come on, sit down. Have another drink, queer. Are we in Boston now? Are we in Boston? Uh, yeah, I kind of overshot my accent a little bit. Sorry. <laughs> little little too much. It's okay. Well, then. There are a lot of like. This felt West Coast to me. Like maybe not California, but. His accent? Really? No, just like no, the no, vibe. just like the the vibe. Yeah, it does. It does feel like it might be taking place in like some like exurb of of like I don't know. Really not important. <laughs> yeah, Sorry. it does not matter. On that. Is that like like the the movie? Yeah, it felt like it took place yeah. on like a in like a West Coast area. That's so interesting because I got like Midwestern suburb. I could absolutely see I that. Definitely got New England though. Like so. so that's just got... because Pete Davidson talks like that. Yeah, yeah, that's that's <laughs> true. That's true. His accent did not help. The king of Staten Island talks in a way that makes you think he's from Staten Island. What a concept. <laughs> it's it's small town stuff. I'm a loud jackass. Like... What do you want? Yeah. <laughs> the people there reminisce about like high school was actually good. It's like, no, it wasn't. Stop. Maybe yeah, for no. you, but like Mm-mm. that's because you're a loser. But if high school was good for you. The rest of your time hasn't been that good, and that's not great. Also, we are 20 minutes into the movie, and they plant the seed of Mo selling drugs. That's like, yeah. I guess you want the inciting <sighs> incident early, but also, wowzers. <laughs> yeah. And, and remember, folks, the opening sequence was seven minutes long. So, like, it feels like we're not far into this movie at all. But we're like a third of the way through. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> What's pacing? No, I, I thought the pacing was fine, but whatever. Yeah. 
So now Mo is at the party. He just has booze. Not started selling drugs yet. This very much felt like high school students trying to be college students. Yeah. So this is also where we kind of like get the first couple of hints that Mo doesn't smoke. Mo drinks, but he he don't he doesn't smoke and he doesn't do like anything more serious than drinking, mm-hmm. which which will which will become relevant shortly. Also, I realized me saying they're high school students acting like college students. It's adult actors pretending to be high school students who are pretending to be college students. Well, because I think having child actors act like this is bordering on some ethical stuff. I mean, there's also labor law shit with Hollywood. Yeah. So. yeah. Mo is super awkward at this party. He tries to do like this fun joke that he saw Zeke do at the bar earlier, except Zeke did it with his friend and Mo is just doing it to a stranger. Okay, so I think there's an additional layer to this because Zeke did this with like three buddies who were like not small dudes. Like Machine Gun Kelly looks like, you know, vanilla ice burnt out. It's not a small dude. And Pete Davidson is is wiry, but he's also tall. Mo is wiry and short and basically does not have the personality presence to pull this off in a way that would make the guy go oh i might as well just take it so when he's like like he makes this joke he's like oh yeah yeah, sorry about my friend he's a stray but don't worry he's had all his shots you know he's he, he likes to lick people's balls or whatever this dude is like fuck did you just say to me and like almost fights mo and then like one of the seniors is like yo yo, yo no, no no come here come here come here come here Let's, let's get you, let's get you high. And it's like on the way, he's like, I was like, what the fuck, Mo? And just like shuffles him out. Yeah. Yeah. Zeke's a bad influence. He is, but also, I don't know. We don't really know Mo's personality at this point. Yeah. He doesn't really have one. Doesn't really have one throughout the movie, which is really disappointing. Or I should say not one of his own. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. That's, yeah, that's probably a better way to, to say it. He, he's very just... He's a mirror for everyone around him, which is sad in its own right. But he tries. Moral story. Tries with this move with with this guy. It doesn't work. The dude gets shuffled away, and he's left one-on-one with this girl. It's at a pimps and hoes party, and this person is dressed as Hermione Granger. <laughs> and she's just like, well, Hermione's the biggest pimp there is, so, like, fuck off. Which I thought was funny. But... <laughs> They start talking, they exchange numbers. She is the girl to be chased after across the across the movie. She's sweet. She's named Sophie. She's named Sophie. That shit happens. Yeah, no, it does. But just I'm like, shocked one of Zeke's friends wasn't named Kyle. Like <laughs> That's true, honestly. Like Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, so so this is actually bucking the trend of Sophie's and Sophia's in popular media, so I'm cool with it. Let's see, we go from the party to Zeke's car, where he is hooking up with Mo's sister, despite her being in a new relationship. And she's not happy about it. Yeah. She she definitely immediately afterwards insta regret, and she's like, I can't believe I'm 23 and still hooking up in the back of a car in a parking lot with my burnout ex-boyfriend. And Zeke's just like, uh... Thanks. <laughs> He's like, we're still kids. And she's like, we're not kids. We're adults. And I'm like, 
23 is not exactly adult, but it's yeah. for sure not a kid. Yeah, yeah but you know like, I mean? 23 is adult when you're 23. Yes. Yeah. But this is also Zeke. I think this is one of the right around this time when we get Zeke's famous kids do dumb shit, let them do dumb shit, of which he said it comes up a lot in this movie. And it, it's his justification for everything, his lack of doing anything. Mm hmm. But that's it's that just is the first time it comes up. It will come back again. Yeah. Bo's kind of hanging with Zeke. He tells uh, him about Sophie, which it's kind of cute at this point. Yeah. And like Holly is cooking. Oh, this is where they're getting uh, the supplies for. for... OK, so Holly's going to cook and like they're trying to find some. So they're this this middle of like it, it's not like. There's not a Whole Foods in this place. So like they're in a convenience store and it looks like a grocery store slash gas station kind of deal. And they're sitting there like, what the fuck is pea shoots, man? What do we got? Fish sauce? What is that? And like, <laughs> they're trying to find this shit that does not exist in uh, in any of these in, in this place and and losing their minds trying to figure out what the fuck pea shoots are. So So like, it's obvious that like she's going for some like, Asian cuisine, like maybe some pad thai or something like that. But yes, they're talking like Mo's telling Zeke about Sophie, and I lost my train of thought. Just like wow, I don't know if this happens in the grocery store, but at dinner, Zeke more or less teaches Mo how to emotionally manipulate this girl. Uh, yeah, and Holly's like, yeah, that works if you're an asshole. But Mo's not an asshole, so he doesn't need your bullshit. Yeah, it's she actively admits that it will work. Like the first thing out of the most, like, yeah, it'll work, but it's shitty, and it works for you because you're shit. And but Mo is not like you, and they just brush that off. And then they cut to don't they cut to the batting cages after that? Ah, uh, yes, so? yes, we'll go with it. Yes, they for sure do. I wrote that things are kind of picking up for Mo. He's like more confident now that people quote unquote like him. He's talking with a girl that likes him, and he likes her, and it's like, okay, this is actually kind of good. Zeke's giving him batting advice, so he doesn't suck as much at playing baseball. But it's not batting advice. He's it's really not. Him, he's telling him to shorten the strike zone. It, it's like a cheat way of getting better at baseball. He's like, shorten your strike zone so that you'll just walk every time, which is the same thing as, like, making progress without doing anything yeah it gets you off home but you didn't earn it yeah pretty much so just feels cheap yeah which is zeke's whole vibe his friends recommend that zeke sells drugs at these parties and zeke very correctly says i'm not doing that because if i get caught i'm going i'm doing like hard jail and also who in their 20s wants to go to a high school party <laughs> Yeah, I've been to a couple high school parties. Even as a high schooler, they were just there was there was a sad desperation to be like cool, and it just it really sucked. The whole thing was just terrible. That's this whole movie, though. Yeah, it it had that funk. Yeah, the, this whole movie is about different people in a sad desperation to be cool, and this should probably be the analysis section, but it's fine. But it's like. Mo doesn't know what cool is, so he tries to emulate Zeke because that's who he thinks is cool. 
his dad keeps trying to be the cool dad, but it doesn't work for him and he can't connect with his son. Stacy doesn't know how to be cool, how to be liked. So he gets Moe to sell drugs and through him is deemed like socially acceptable. He at least gets brought along. And Zeke's whole thing is he just wants to be cool. Like he keeps Moe around because Moe makes him feel cool. Yeah. But he's still trying to impress Moe's sister. And yeah, yeah. go ahead, Kyle. Pretty late in the movie, Moe's sister has a whole thing about that. Yeah. Yeah. So, all right. Batting cages, not selling drugs. Moe is supposed to pick some stuff up from his sister's apartment. And he didn't tell Zeke and just kind of drops it on him. And Zeke's like, this is a bad idea. I shouldn't go with you. He's like, no, it'll be fine. It's like, no, Mo, you don't understand how relationships work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and then, okay, so Zeke's like, I'm just going to wait in the car, which is a good idea. And then he goes, I'm going to wait in the car like an asshole. <laughs> Zeke, you're already an asshole, man. Just wait, just wait in the car. We meet the sister's boyfriend, Doug. I, for the life of me, cannot remember the sister's name. I feel bad that... <laughs> I, I don't know that they say it. That's crazy. Whatever. Yeah. <laughs> we meet the sister's boyfriend, Doug. He's a nice enough guy. Yeah, he's, he's really he's really gracious for, you know, having his girlfriend's ex in his house. He's also super pretentious. He is. Yeah. He's, he's yeah, and I've said there. So they say they've gotten into collecting art, and he bought a piece that it makes fun of the over-commercialization of the art market. And I go, oh, so you bought overpriced art that says that. Great. Satire's dead. <laughs> this is like one step removed from like this is this is in five years time will be an NFT guy for sure. This made me write Zeke would be into NFTs. <laughs> oh, absolutely. But he would think NFTs are a good way to make money, which is not true. And then I think Doug would be into NFTs because it's like a purer form of art or like of like cleaning up the art market. He sold on the promise of owning digital art. Yeah. We live in the dumbest timeline. This is the darkest timeline. <laughs> Sister, like, tries to tell Zeke, like, hey, stopping a bad influence on Mo. And she says stuff, but, like, that's about as far as she goes. And it's like, okay. I get there's only so much you can do, given your relationship. But, yeah. like, you're not really looking out for your brother, it feels like. I mean, she's got an entire life, and Mo's in high school. He should at least be a little bit capable of looking after himself to a certain extent. But then again, he's also completely enamored by this image of Zeke as a cool guy that he's had for the last six years. Mo agrees to sell drugs at these parties, or he's on the fence, and he goes, I don't want this to be a whole thing. Zeke says, it won't, and it's like, oh boy. <laughs> Yeah, that's the point. That's a that's a movie convention where you go, oh, so this is the whole thing. They get back home. John Cryer tries to talk some sense into Zeke himself. Some fucking line he said, though, he goes, I work in advertising. And for some reason, that struck me as the most asinine shit I've ever heard. No, I get it. So, like, Zeke's whole thing is an illusion. And, and you know, like, we've talked about this. But, yeah. like... He's selling himself as like this, this cool guy. And John Cryer's like, dude, I work in advertising. I know these bullshit lies. I get why he said it, but just like yeah, saying it, it and how he said it. I was like, oh, what the fuck, man? If fuck you're, you. Yeah. If you're, if you're talking to a burnout, you like, you have to explain that a little more. I like, guess not. It's not enough. 
Zeke definitely took it as like a, uh, okay. Like, I was like, okay, flex, you got a job. <laughs> All right. Well, and, then, and then he, he pays Zeke, doesn't he? Yes. Yeah. And this is actually really clever because he, he says that like, he's like, oh, no, no, no. I, I don't want, I don't, you know, I don't need money, man. Like, you know, I like hanging out with Mo. It's not a job. And John Cryer's like, no, but it is a job because, you know, if you were to smoke or, or, you know, drink, get into trouble, you wouldn't be doing your job. So it's like trapping Zeke in like hoping that Zeke has enough craving for money that he stops being a shithead and starts looking after his kid. Because, I mean, John Cryer knows he's lost. He's lost his connection with his kid. So, you know, the least you can do is try to protect him in a different way. So I thought it was clever. Yes. It's, it's an odd way to parent, but it is creative. Mm-hmm. I titled this next section, Play Mo Bamba. Because <laughs> we enter this next section with the song, Mo Bamba. Mo Bamba. <laughs> the literal first party we see in this montage, I was wondering... Do you think this was a Wall Street theme party? And when I say Wall Street, I do mean the movie Wall Street. <laughs> Someone asks Mo if she can buy Molly off him. So he talks with Zeke for the next party. And Zeke's like going through all the meds he has. And it's like, bro, you have too many medications. Yeah. At one point, he's like, all right. So we got Zannies. Those are fun. Uh, we got Propecia. You'll, you'll figure out what, uh, what that's for. Uh, and he picks up like one. He's like, I don't even know what the fuck that is. <laughs> what yeah he's like ah found it molly here you go what what a world he lives in i think zeke should maybe add some mood stabilizers to that uh cocktail yeah i don't know like i feel like that's the one thing about him that is not really dysfunctional like he is and and we'll, we'll get to this like after you know a little later in the movie just you know one of the last times that that they're together and like He's pretty chill about most things, which is actually his problem. You know what I might be reading? I think Pete Davidson in real life is bipolar. Yeah, yeah. So that might be the energy I'm picking up on where it's like, oh, you you need to address this a little bit. <laughs> yeah, this was a shooting day that ran a little long. And he's like, all right, well, in next cut, I'm going to take my medicine. Yeah. To his credit, he did. He did address it. So, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. good for yeah. him. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. But so then, then like they go. This is uh, his first date with Sophie. Mo's first mm-hmm. date with Sophie, which is honestly kind of cute. It's like a... she refers to it as like this is the first time I've been on an adult date, and I was gonna make like some. I was gonna clown on that a little bit because it's like, oh, you're in high school, you think you're on an adult date, but they're at a sit down restaurant. It's a little nicer, and it's just the two of them. I'm like, yeah, that's kind of an adult date that that's a high school thing like you when you are used to things like oh we're gonna meet up at the mall and our parents are gonna drive us home like when the first time you get that it's like oh yeah this is this is what i i've seen on tv this is nice and honestly adult dating is just that but the place you're eating is also a bar and so (laughs) much more trauma yeah (laughs) <laughs> just like here i brought a list of my traumas you brought a list of your traumas let's exchange information see if we're compatible <laughs> mo tries to pivot that after dinner they'll hang out at zeke's which kind of makes sense because that's like his element 
or at least mm-hmm. insofar as he has one. And he's trying to sell it to Sophie. And it's like, man, this is not as good a sell as you think it is. Yeah, no. So Zeke's place is, I mean, it's not quite a crack shack, but it's not far off. Like, we've all been to this house and, like, we know the shit that goes on in this house. And it ain't, like, I get a sinking feeling when I pass those places now. Just from, like, my shit. So they're there, they're drinking. There's a really funny part where MGK pulls Mo aside and goes, Bro, I love you. You're my bro. But that girl's 16. What are you thinking? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And he's like, dude, I'm 16. Yeah. Oh, word? What? (laughs) He's like shocked that Mo is 16. This kid that's been hanging around them for 10 years. Just learning now he's 16. Maybe the most MGK thing to have ever happened. Like this is MGK distilled into one single exchange well and then and then to follow it up like 10 minutes later he uh, is talking to holly and he's like i can't believe this kid's 16 like i'm 28 and i don't even have a car he's so adult <laughs> <laughs> I was like, like all right describe mgk in, in one scene <laughs> they play edward 40 hands sophie yes. tries to get in on it but they give her just two were they beers i think they were I, they looked like White Claws, I'm gonna be honest. Yeah, but, but not fucking 40s is my point. But yeah, they weren't 40s, yeah. At one point, she talks to MGK about just dumb high school shit that's happening. She goes, wait, are you the DJ? Put on Megan Trainer, And it's like, honey, I know this isn't your fault, but this is awful. This <laughs> is terrible. Yeah. And MG, MGK just walks away at that point, and I was like, same. Yeah. 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 Exactly that. <laughs> But, so, party goes on. It's fun. Outside, Sophie's waiting for a ride. They get their first kiss. It's cute. I don't know if... I thought for a second she was waiting for her dad to pick her up. And I was like, mm, this is this is really uncomfortable. It's, I think it's just a taxi. It's fine. But also yeah. very, very yeah, This movie school. came out in 2020. It's an Uber. <laughs> You're right. Yeah. It's an Uber, for sure. Fair enough. But, so then he walks in, and MGK is tattooing Zeke. And stops and is just like, hey, how do you spell Zeke? And Zeke's just like, eh, it doesn't matter. Don't worry about it. <laughs> <laughs> and, and Mo walks in and he's super excited because he just got his first kiss and like wants to celebrate with everyone. And Zeke's just like, you know what day it is? I think it's time, guys. I think it's time. <laughs> and they just do a quick with the tattoo needle. We don't see what it says. Yes. Oh, we do have a good idea, though. <laughs> we do have a good idea because he says something about using tongue for the first time. And Zeke's immediately like, yeah, tongue daddy. All right. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> like, I didn't think that was what it was going to be, though. <sighs> Spoiler alert. It's tongue Sorry. daddy. <laughs> it's tongue daddy. Just like on his chest. Yeah. We don't quite see that yet. Because the next scene is Zeke and Mo at an art museum. And Zeke, Zeke tries to buy the art off the wall. He's like, excuse me, do you work here? Uh, how much for this? <laughs> it's like, uh, it's not for sale, but I want to buy it. She's like, sir, it's not how this works. It's a museum. He deadass tries to flash some cash like it's anything. Yeah, it's like a hundred bucks. <laughs> she's like, sir, this is not how this works. And he goes, well, how does it work? Like he's never been to a fucking museum. And she's like, there are prints has in it. the lobby. There are prints in the lobby. It's fine. Yeah. Super quick, super dumb. Mm-hmm. I, I believe his exact terms are 
he walks up to a painting and goes, oh, this is dope. Like, God. <laughs> Matt, so, your impression is going to kill me. <laughs> yeah, no, it's super good. So full disclosure, I had lost my mind at this movie at this point so badly that I don't even remember this scene. You didn't miss much, except for a quick line about... Do you, oh, do this you know, dope? No. no. Do, you, do you know the line I'm talking about? No, I don't. I had something else I wanted to needed to go back about, but say the line. Real real quick, when after Zeke's like, this is dope, Mo's like, I don't know, man. It just looks like a bunch of scribbles and dicks. And Pete Davidson is just like, that's all life is, man. It's a bunch of scribbles and dicks. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's what the script to this movie was. Something I remembered is that in the, I'll call it a house party. It's not. It's Zeke's hangout pad. Because there's also house parties. Got to keep them separate. Mm. Holly at one point gets on Zeke's phone and sees that he's been getting nudes from someone else. It's like, oh yeah, Zeke's a huge piece of shit. She's mad. He's like complaining at the art museum that she's mad and he doesn't know why. And that is correct that he doesn't know why. But also, it's because you're a cheating piece of shit. You should have put two and two together. No, he's an idiot. <laughs> True. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, they leave the museum. Some old friend of Zeke's sees them in the parking lot, comes over. They catch up a little bit. We find out how Zeke has a house despite being a fuck up. Yeah. So this part I remember. All right. This dude's energy is like hitchhiker that you picked up when he was. it seemed like he was cool. And then he starts going crazy. And like getting real loud and aggressive and and you're like scared like, oh my God, this guy's going to fucking murder me. That is this guy's energy in the backseat insisting on hotboxing with Zeke while Mo is in the car. Remember, Mo doesn't smoke weed. Hey Matt, was this guy's name Randy? Ricky. Okay. I thought for a split second it was Randy too and I went, <laughs> no way. <laughs> a friend of ours, when he gets very drunk, we call him Randy. Oh, nice. His drunk alter ego is Randy. It, it is This one's Ricky. Sorry, Randy. Next time. Zeke, like, kind of tries to be like, I can't. Moe's in the car. I can't have him getting hotboxed. But ultimately, falls to peer pressure. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so Moe has to go back home where his grandparents are visiting while stoned off his ass. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And John Cryer's like, all right, uh, Mo, can I chat with you for a second? Fucking roughhouses him because, like, Mo comes in and has his like hoodie pulled up and like, you know, is is kind of like skulking around like he's incredibly high, like exactly like how you imagine somebody trying to sneak back into a house, blazed out of their gourd, acting. So like, roughhouses him a little bit, like pulls his, pulls things down. Is like, are you little asshole? How high are you right now? <laughs> it was like, I'm not high at all, man. I don't know what you're talking about. There are barely pupils visible. Yeah, no, like his eyes are half closed the entire time. Three quarters, baby. (laughs) Yeah, three quarters. Exactly like you don't do unless you are like obscenely fucking high on way more than just weed. Real. My eyes get glassy and bloodshot, but I don't think they've ever like half closed during a conversation standing up. Super like I'm I'm trying over the top to look high. Yeah, and yeah, it's yeah. working. But so moral story, John Cryer lays into Mo and then Mo goes upstairs to like shower and change. I will say the cinematography of the shower made it look oh so luxurious. 
I did. Yeah, it looks it looks nice. And honestly, when I'm super baked, I kind of like a nice hot shower. It feels good. Oh, yeah. And so did Mo. Yeah. <laughs> but Mo comes out and he's mid putting on a shirt when he turns to face dad. But then we see the tongue daddy tattoo. And but we John can't Cryer... really read it. And then he's like real quick flip back around and John Cryer clocks it. And he's like, wait, what the fuck? What the fuck? Turn around. And it's like tongue daddy. <laughs> this is the point where we find out that they're actually Jewish. Yes, 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 yes. I was like, I knew Sophia would pick up on that. Oh, yeah. Such a quick, just like, stab. Yeah, so, like, the line is, well, have fun not getting buried with the rest of us, because we've kind of loosened up about this in some communities, but, like, traditionally, you can't be buried in a Jewish cemetery if you have tattoos. It was a whole thing about, like, damaging the body, but I think the way tattoos are done now is different. Mm -hmm. so it doesn't damage the body in the same way i guess i don't know what the whole thing is i think it also has something to do with show us survivors not really having a choice absolutely but this movie's already sad enough yeah yeah we don't we we do not have time guys we just don't all right so mo's grounded right because that's the worst i think the funny i thought found it really funny when he calls zeke so mo's grounded calls zeke and Zeke's like, come out. And Mo's like, no, I can't. I'm grounded. And Zeke's like, yeah, and? And Mo's like, didn't you just hear me? I'm grounded. And it's like, oh, you are still young, even though you are hanging out and getting, like, trashed with this 23-year-old all the time. Being grounded still means something to you. That's cute. <laughs> we'll talk about that a little later. It's cute. <laughs> There's a bunch of things I wrote here that I don't still have the context for, so whatever. Zeke's a fucking manipulator. Like, that's a big part of his character. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. He's talking about, like, what he could do as a career because he quit his shitty job, but, like, didn't really have a backup plan. So, I took personal offense to this part. So, at this point, this is where Dad comes in and is, like, hang up with him and, like, is talking with Mo about, you know, who Zeke is as a person. And Mo's like defending him kind of half-heartedly. He's like, no, he's, he's all right. He's going to start a podcast. And like John Cryer just scoffs it in like the way that's like, A, that's not a real job. And B, which he's correct. That's not a real job. Unless you are already successful. <laughs> yeah. Unless, unless you are known for something else. Podcasting is not a real job. Or like you have like six or seven that are insanely popular for some reason. But yeah, so, so like... Yeah, no, he's not. No, he's not. And I know this because he hasn't. I'm just like, you know, this shit is not free. You realize that? Like, I had to pay money to get this microphone that doesn't sound like absolute dog shit. Yeah. Zeke's a fucking burnout who can't hold a job for two weeks. Yeah, in Zeke's case, though, he talks a lot of shit, but never, like, follows oh, through. Yeah. So, like, the assessment is correct, but I understand what you mean. Just the notion by itself. Mm -hmm. is overly rude. Overly critical. Yeah, it, it's it's overly critical and, like, comes from a place where, like, you know, you have a traditional job. You don't know what it's like trying to establish yourself right now. You've been established for longer than I've been alive, dude. Well, at one point he says, and this really doesn't, in the plot of the movie, doesn't matter, but at one point he says, like, uh, the world doesn't care about what you might do. It cares about what you already did. Which is an interesting line, 
but it's also a very like boomer i'm using air quotes boomer way of thinking where it's like you need to like you need to keep your head down and do it and until you do it the world won't give a shit which I, I, I get to a certain extent, but it's also a very dated opinion. I, I mean, think. yeah, I'm not sure because I think it's a little more general than a boomer thing. It's cynical, which right. is not exclusive to boomers. It You're is. Right. But... That's, that's true. I tend to associate that yeah. kind of cynicism with the boomer generation. Absolutely fair. Especially nowadays. Oh, yeah. But I think that like that, that cynicism is a product of growing up in a world that fucking sucks. Yeah. Like I'm cynical as shit in a different way, but like the world is different from it was when my parents were growing up. So like yeah. obviously we have different cynicisms. This was probably in reference to Stacy, just because of the content, but I said people really love just ignoring Mo. They don't give a fuck what he has to say or think. We're coming back to that in the analysis. So true. <laughs> so okay, so anyways, just to keep things moving. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mo, Mo Mo got his shit roomed by his dad. The next day at school, Stacy's like, hey, you're coming to this party, right? And Mo's like, no, I'm granted, I can't. He sees a cop start like taking some seniors in and trying to talk to him. And Mo panics. He's full paranoia. He knows what he's doing. It's not good, right? He instantly is like, oh, I'm, I'm fucked. And go ahead, Kyle. Also at this point, he has taken Zeke's advice to start ignoring Sophie so that yes. she will be like way more invested in him. Yes. That, yes. And hey. Sophie Sophie is genuinely just sorry. <laughs> Sophie is just like K. I am currently chewing on my own eyelids. Yeah, no, okay. If there are some younger listeners here, or you know, listeners who don't have a firm grasp of what it is ladies like, not that. This works on young girls because young girls have not yet formed the nuanced difference between self-confidence and arrogance. Don't be a prick to a girl because you like her. Be confident. And that's it. Like, that's the, uh, that's the whole thing. If you're a confident, nice guy, that girl is going to like that way better than a confident prick. Because the key is the confidence. This has been Dating Advice with Sophie. Yeah. <laughs> School thing wraps up. Here is where things start going badly for a lot of people. <laughs> like, really badly. Because mm-hmm. Holly leaves Zeke. Yep. And at a party, Sophie, like, officially leaves Mo. All right, Mo sneaks out to this party, mm-hmm. by the way. Not that, not that it matters, but yeah. he sneaks out, ends up at this party. I do want to highlight a very minor character in the movie, the dad of whoever is hosting these parties. Because, I love him. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> these are basement parties and the dad is chilling in the upstairs living room. So it's all quiet up top. And then the party's downstairs. The first time Mo comes to one of these, he's like looking around very confused and he starts to say like, is this the right place? And the dad just resignedly says basement. Yeah. That's uh, his only line in the movie. And then in this scene, he like, Completely silent, but he is acting the hell out of this character. Yes. The the facial expressions. Okay. No Country for Old Men. It very much reminded me of Tommy Lee Jones in No Country for Old Men. His work in that movie was 90% facial expressions. He said absolutely nothing of any consequence. It was all in the eyebrows. Fuck a master class from George Clooney. 
learn from this dude. Yes. Yes. So at this party, isn't that when, uh, so Sophie just like reels into Mo and is just like, no, you're a dick. Like you don't get to suddenly start talking to me. Like I thought, I thought you were different. You're clearly not. Also, stop trying to be cool. It's not a good look on you. And she storms out of the house, and this is all in front of the dad. And the dad's just kind of sitting there, like, "Huh, yeah, good job, bud." You said trombone. We also see what happens with Zeke now that Holly left him. And he goes to a bar, does karaoke. It's incredibly sad. Oh, this was so bottom of the barrel. Before he even gets... So it's it was like slightly misleading because like Mo walks out of the house and gets a call from someone. And he's like, uh, are, are you okay? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where are you? And like send me your location. And then it cuts to Zeke. And Zeke is in his house by himself in the dark, just like sitting sad and in that like, you know, Pete Davidson's got that like hunch. So he's just kind of like <laughs> hunching into himself and he gets up, walks to the fridge, which was like, this is like a small detail, but I thought it was great. He like walks to the fridge, opens it up, grabs a beer, just kind of goes, ah, fuck, pops it, drops the bottle cap on the ground and then walks away and leaves the fridge open. Spinning on the <laughs> floor, just right. disgusting. I was like, ah, oh, dude, oh, it's not good. And then he goes on the saddest night ever at this karaoke bar. I want to get your read on this. This, of all the whole thing, gave me big Adam Sandler energy. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, like this This was very much like the wedding singer, like, sir, I have the microphone. <laughs> Just yeah. that whole thing. You listen to every damn word I have to say. <laughs> like, I get the feeling that if somebody had heckled him, he would have gone into that. Oh, yeah. Well, we find out who called Mo. It's Holly. Yeah, she's so cute. Yeah, and Holly wanted to see Mo for reasons. They fuck. They fuck. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. uncomfortable. And yeah. I, I don't know why they they threw this in the movie. Oh, so I know why. Go for it. So there's a question there. Is it robbing the cradle? For Holly to sleep with Mo or for Zeke to sleep with Holly? Because neither is okay. One of them is not okay. Which one is it? For sure, Holly and Mo. Holly's yeah. at least basically an adult. And yeah, I mean, like functionally, functionally, but like, she's out the of law don't work on functional. <laughs> yeah, she's definitely oh, is she? like. Is she? Like, I didn't, I didn't clock that. She's definitely like sophomore, junior in college. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, no. She didn't okay, go to so... college. Don't kid right, yourself. She didn't go to college, but yeah. she's that age-ish. Yeah. Nobody in this town goes to fucking college. That's, that's fair. Yeah. Yeah, so this is there to, you know, I, I feel like it's there to, to ask, because, I mean, honestly, I don't think contextually it's ever really brought up, but, like, we don't know anything about Holly except that, you know, she disagrees with, with Zeke's whole thing, and, like, it's a proof of concept that Mo being a nice guy is enough. I also think this adds fuel later when Mo and Zeke finally split apart. I don't know. Like, yeah. I think he. I, I. I don't. I don't know if that's really like he. Mo is trying to separate himself from Zeke, and then like he's like, "I slept with Holly." And he's like, "Oh, word, like sex." He's like, "Yeah, ah, fucking bitch." Like, cool. So you lost your virginity. All right, man. Cool. 
I don't care. That was a weird scene. It was such a dysfunctional, like, two guys don't know how to talk about their feelings scene. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It definitely sucked. Anyway, we see fucking Stacy, because this kid's still in the movie. He's driving some seniors around. He's like, hey, pass me the weed. And he just holds his hand <laughs> up. No one gives him the fucking weed. <laughs> like, Poor kid. Man, just get friends your own age. There are plenty. But you know what, though? Like, if you think about it, he is acting his age. Because at that point, he's like, he's 16 hanging out with 18-year-olds. So, like... I mean, that age difference is is relevant when you're 16 hanging out with 18-year-olds. So, like, mm-hmm. you, you need to find friends in your peer group who respect yeah. you as a peer. Because yeah. these guys absolutely only respect you insofar as you give them a ride and give them weed. True. Anyway, the reason this matters is he crashes the... Not crashes. He swerves off the road to avoid crashing. Mm-hmm. Everyone abandons the car, and then the next day, the car is not there. So someone has the car, and it's not Stacy. That was so dumb. He drove it into a ditch, and yeah, it, like, what, you could drive, drive it out. It out. <laughs> yeah, I was like, he immediately panicked and looked around. I was like, guys, are you gonna help? Okay, guys, help. And I'm like, did you try throwing it in reverse? Like, it was not that big of a ditch. You're like three feet off the road. Yeah, yeah, I was like, like literally, just to keep going, you fucking idiot. Yes, that part was extremely stupid. What happens after is, well, it follows suit. Yeah. So big snitch energy from Stacy, <laughs> surprising no one. No, I don't know what I wrote this in reference to again because I never write context. Zeke moves wildly between extremely supportive and very toxic. I think this was the baseball game. Yes. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. So Zeke's whole energy is like, I will shout fuck at a children's event and I don't care. Like that's that's his entire like if I have to sum it up in one thing, that's it. So he does that at a baseball game. Moe's batting and his dad is trying to encourage him to like actually play baseball. But Zeke shouts louder. and It's like squat, squat. So his strike zone's low, as we said earlier. And mm-hmm. well, Mo acquiesces and squats down real low, and it's no one's happy. No one's nope. happy. <laughs> no, nope. You can't possibly like I am. So I was actually I played baseball uh, up until fifth grade, and I was very bad. Like from the moment we graduated off of t-ball, like I knew I was not going to be good at this sport, no matter how much I tried. And so like. I don't think I ever made it to second base in the game. So I understand like wanting desperately to get off a home plate, but also are you winning son? (laughs) If I remember my time in baseball, I was usually good enough that I could get on base, but that's about it. (laughs) My brother is like an all conference pitcher in college and I may or may not have gotten a few D3 offers to go play. So, like, I'm not great by any stretch of the imagination, but I was okay. Compared to us, you are. (laughs) So, and all of the above, which is true, but also this is like a, in high school movies, when they're like, I just want to quit. I'm the worst guy on JV. I'm like, they make cuts in high school. You, you, if you suck that bad, you don't get on the team. This is dumb. So, anyways. Maybe he's a good outfielder. No, he's not. Let's be honest. No. <laughs> no, he's not. I feel like he could run very fast if he hit the fucking ball. Yeah. 
Well, I mean, he weighs three pounds. Exactly. Yeah, no. Let's see. Zeke has, like, one more thing with the sister, I think. Oh, yeah. He, he, he yeah. goes over to try to impress her. And it's just like, hey, oh, yeah, I got into art. Like, your boyfriend. And she was just like, no. Of course so you did. So sad. And this is the whole monologue she had about, like, Mo thinks you're so cool, but you need him to seem cool. And yeah. when Mo realizes that you're not cool, you'll be all alone or some shit. It's like, damn. There's no subtlety in this movie. No, there doesn't need to be. No. No, because it's a, it's, a, it's a drug PSA. Yeah. 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 Then we get to the last party of the movie. Yeah, we This do. is a cops and hoes party. <laughs> Which is very, very funny, considering what happens next. Oh, it's entirely placed that way. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. The cops showed up at the school. They were like, hey, where's your car, kid? And he was like, uh, at my parents? He's like, no. The cop's like, no, I have it. You're a fucking idiot. <laughs> just tell me, just tell me who's who's dealing, and we'll like I won't even tell your parents that I have your car. And the guy, the <laughs> Stacy's like, look, uh, you found traces of weed in the car. I'm just as alarmed as you are. The cops like, shut up. Just <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> which, okay. just generally speaking, is a great idea when you're talking to a cop. Just shut the fuck up. Shut the fuck up. Don't talk. Okay. Party happens. Stacy like very clearly signals them. We see Zeke driving, and then like cop car flashes and goes the other way. And I don't understand this part. Why was his instinct to follow it? Because he's a burnout, and like he knows what a drug bust looks like. Okay, that okay. was kind of my thing. I I think it was like because he knew where the party was. Mm. So I think it was one of those things where he like saw a cop rush in that direction and was like, oh shit. I better go just to make sure. And then when he saw the, like, blockade. This was also very funny. He talks to the cop to try and, like, get a read on the situation. And he, like, keeps pressing it. And the cop's just like, sir, I can smell the weed. You best move along. He's like, understood. Have a nice night. Sir, nothing. He straight up says, listen here, Slim Shady. I can smell the weed (laughs) in the car. (laughs) And he's like, yep, I'm out. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That's so bad. Yeah. So so he sneaks around. He sneaks around to this this house party that's about to get raided. Doesn't call Mo like a normal person might and say, "Yo, the cops are about to raid this thing. You need to get the fuck out." Which you know wouldn't have helped that much because cops are already inside. Touche. Mo's trying to fix stuff with Sophie. It's understandably not working. <laughs> Sorry. We'll we'll come back to why that is hilarious in just a second. <laughs> Is it the locked door? Yeah. <laughs> so the cop, the cops break in and they're immediately like, don't let anyone leave. At this point, Mo and Stacy are like in a, in a bedroom upstairs and the cops are immediately just like Mo Harris or whatever the, the kid's name is. Like, Monroe. where are you? We're looking for you. His name's Monroe, which what the fuck kind of first name is Monroe? I, I have to imagine that's a baseball player because his dad's no. like super into it. I don't know. I couldn't. Not one off the top of my head. But anyways, the cop comes barging on, starts like banging on the door looking for Mo, and Mo's like, now nah, fuck off, Jerry. Go back downstairs. <laughs> and Sophie's like, no, that's real. That, that's a real cop. <laughs> so he's, he goes out the window, and, and she goes to the door. He's like, I'm just gonna let him in. He's like, no, please don't do that. He's <laughs> like, what the fuck, Mo? You locked this door? She's like, I thought this conversation was gonna go better. <laughs> the gonna go better. 
Well, and then, and then Sophie turns around and sees Mo climbing out the window. I was like, what are you doing? Mo's like, don't worry. I'm, I'll, I'll be fine. I do this all the time at home. And she's like, are you going to kill yourself? <laughs> so he goes, this isn't me. And like, bro, yeah, it is. Yeah. But she's like, are you, are you going to kill yourself? And dumbest, anyone want to take why this next fucking part? I don't. He jumps into a pool. He jumps into the pool. And like, I don't know why. Because where, where else is he going to go? <laughs> climb down climb down because guess what now you're in the middle of a pool way down with drugs and money Dumber would be jumping on like the lawn <laughs> and yeah yeah that whatever would be, yeah he falls into the pool it's like slow-mo they bring in what would you call it? it's like a 50s standard type yeah. of music like it I, I and i gotta say inspired i thought it was gonna be hello darkness my old friend Ooh, that would have been good yeah no, this is much closer to the Je ne regret rien, je ne regret rien from Inception. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, Zeke came in clutch when it mattered most, which yeah. is to say he got him the fuck out of the party and not arrested right then and there. Right then and there. Yeah, so that's fun. And they go back to Zeke's house and they like kind of reminisce. This is the low point and they are, they're all kind of like taking stock of how low can they go. And this is where this is where Moe's like, I slept with Holly. Uh, and Mo is incredibly just like chill about it. Zeke. Like it's bro code. You don't do that. Like Well, the the context of it was so funny because Mo was like, I'm I'm screwed. I can't go home. I can't go to school. I gotta leave the state. I gotta change my name. Like I'm I'm screwed. I slept with Holly. And the whole <laughs> time Zeke's just like, nah, man, you're good. Nah, it'll be all right. It'll blow over. Nah, 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 nah. And he's like, he's, I slept with Holly. Oh, word? Like, <laughs> like sex? <laughs> this is impressive. <laughs> Holy fuck. He's <laughs> like, like, yeah. And under yeah, his breath, like, he's like, fucking bitch. Well, you lost your virginity. <laughs> yeah. And, Mo, and Mo's just immediately like, yeah, and I wanted to tell you so bad, but I felt terrible, so I couldn't. And I'm like, this is such like a, two guys don't know how yeah. to talk. Yeah, exactly. This is this is such fucking toxic bullshit. But Mo Mo does immediately turn around though and is like, "No, this is like I can't do this. Like the I this can't be my life because uh I don't want to end up like you." Yeah. And cuz that's just like the saddest thing I can fucking think of. And then Zeke again is just like, "Ah." <laughs> yeah, no, I get that. Yeah. <laughs> Zeke offers to take the blame for supplying the drugs and alcohol and Mo's like, no, I, I'll, I can't let you do that. Yeah, I was like, yeah, you probably could, but I mean, you probably should. Yeah, you got a real boy prison though, and that would suck. But that's not Mo's problem. No, it's not. But I mean, like, as shitty a friend as Zeke is, like logistically, he's always there for Mo. Like, yeah. so I, I can see why there's still like a level of like commitment, but also. Yeah, so, like, is there a way that neither of us have to go to fucking jail? Yeah. We arrive back at the beginning. We get that scene where he's being walked out. This is also, a, now that we've circled all the way back and we're at the end of the movie, it bothers me when movies start with voiceovers and then they never use it again. Yeah. yeah. It's, like, it's such a cheap way to just provide exposition. If you have voiceover, do fucking voiceover. Yeah, right? like, like if, you, if you're going to use it, use it and I, I think this movie arguably would have been a little more interesting if we had that voiceover and we could like react with mo the entire time 
Mm-hmm. So it doesn't feel like he's just like a shit, <laughs> a dumbass kid. So Mo is expelled. He has to do community service and he is regularly drug tested. Yeah. Also, Mo's dad confronts Zeke and punches the shit out. Yeah. Lex Luthor is going to fuck up Zeke. <laughs> yeah, yeah, buddy. <laughs> yeah, buddy. Oh, I just got smoked in the grill by Lex Luthor. What the fuck? <laughs> I think that's his exact words. Like, he gets punched, is on the floor, and is just like, dude, what the fuck? <laughs> oh, God. It's amazing. John Cryer um, goes scary. Yeah. 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 Well, but remote, not, as far as John Cryer can. Like, is it kind of scary that, like, this guy's going to stab me with a screwdriver? Not like, I'm scared of this guy punching me in the face. Yeah. Because he's not exactly, like, comfortable with physical altercation. True. Yeah, it's very out of character, and you can tell he doesn't want to do it, but, like... It it's necessary. Up. It boils up. Yeah. We then flash forward three months. We see Mo doing the shitty stuff, and he goes through a fast food place and sees Zeke. Zeke slings in his food, and Mo's like, all right, let me, let me go. I'm going to have a talk with, with Zeke. And, like, Zeke hasn't changed in these three months, and, like, Mo obviously has... And he's outgrown Zeke, which honestly wasn't that hard. And that's sort of like the thing that he realizes from this conversation. Zeke said he wrote a screenplay and I was like, oh, I'd love to read it. It's like, nah, sorry, it's all in my head. But writing's the easy part, right? It's like, that's that epitome of we don't care what you might do. Yeah. It's what you actually do. I don't even think that he had written it in his head. I think he had just downloaded the program. (laughs) Yeah. Well, it's what he says. He's like, I have it in my head. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I know exactly what what program you're talking about, too. So do I. (laughs) It may or may not be on my computer right now. (laughs) Anyway, we get our final shot of Mo leaving the fast food place, and you see Zeke in the rear window in what is perhaps the most heavy-handed metaphor of this movie. Yeah, but it also is the most effective metaphor in this movie. The rest of this is just shit. Uh, This actually, like, matters. Mm-hmm. Like he, they're, they're, he's watching Zeke like fade into the rearview mirror and like, what's a metaphor? Roll credits. <laughs> what's a metaphor? <laughs> okay. Who wants to start it? I'll go. The primary problem that all of these characters have is that none of them, no one in this movie, not John Cryer, not fucking Zeke, not Mo, nobody in this movie, except for Sophie, knows how to say the word no. Everything that happens in this movie is just based around the inability to say, no, fuck that, that's dumb. Just hanging out with Zeke's fucking 16, hanging out with a 10-year-old, like, this is cool. Because he doesn't know how to say, like, nah, bro, I broke up with your sister, like, we're not friends. Like, Mo doesn't know how to say, like, nah, bro, I don't want to sell drugs at a party. I, You do it. John Cryer doesn't know how to go, like, nah, you're staying in tonight, and uh, if you don't, you're grounded. Or how to enforce a good grounding, by the by. Like, there's... There, all of this is because nobody can say no. So that is my super hot take on this. So just, like, become comfortable with the word no. Have your boundaries. Set your boundaries and defend them. Don't give in to peer pressure. Don't give in to peer pressure. Peers are dumb. Like, Kyle, I love you dearly, but if you told me, like, hey, I'm going to smoke some meth, I'd be like, no, the fuck you're not. I'll fly to St. Louis and slap shit out of you. Hey, but I'm in the meth capital of the country. You gotta 
do the local stuff when you're there. No, Kyle, you don't. Embrace the culture of the locals, guys. <laughs> but the thing about peer pressure leads me to say, this is basically one long anti-drug PSA. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Matt was saying this earlier, and we were expounding on it as we were talking. This movie's very real. It feels like these are real people. Yeah, which is what makes it so much more effective than anything Dare cooked up. So I'm going <laughs> to some deep Sophia lore here. When I was in Dare in like 19, meh, 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 <laughs> I knew like I did. I was straight edge throughout high school. Like I didn't do any trip, but I took Adderall for like a month, but I was prescribed. So leave me alone. I didn't like it. It just made me high. So I was straight edge and like, I thought it was stupid the way that it was being presented. Like, if you take a drink of alcohol, you will trip on your own dick and die. Like, fuck off, bro. This is stupid. So I clowned on it. Like, at one point, I advocated making improvised explosives as a, as a good alternative activity to doing drugs. And like, <laughs> I ended up in the principal's office for that. And my parents sent me to a child psychologist. I thought it was funny. I was being funny. Yes. Apparently, I wasn't being... It was funny. <laughs> they but thought yes. it was funny. They laughed, but like... Dare is wildly ineffective, and this is a much better thing of saying, don't do drugs. But the one thing I will say is this movie is not don't do drugs because they'll ruin your life. It's don't do drugs because they're illegal <laughs> is more the lesson. I feel like it's sort of like... Yeah, don't do drugs because they're illegal. Also, the kind of people who do a lot of drugs will totally fuck up your life. That, yeah, that what you got. There really aren't that many, aside from the Molly, there actually aren't that many drugs in this movie. Like, there's there's one bit where Pete Davidson snorts something in the bathroom. Other than that, they just smoke weed all of the time. Well, I don't know. They take a lot of recreational zannies. That's fair. That's fair. I don't know. I think there's something about this movie that feels like it was meant for misfits and it just didn't come off the right way because like I like Mo doesn't have other friends, which is the one part where I'm kind of like, okay, I can see why he wants to spend so much time about Zeke. And I think the like real question of this movie is like, is this movie about Zeke or is it about Mo? <laughs> because yeah. if it's if it's about Mo, it's very easy to understand why he hangs out with Zeke and why he can't escape them and gets caught in all of their shit because he doesn't have anywhere else to go. And like when your home life is your sister's at college and your dad is forcing, can only talk about baseball as something you have no interest in whatsoever. It makes sense that you hang out with these people who do look after you, maybe not in the right way, but they are like, they are people that they, he talks to, he opens up to. And for the most, like, there are moments when it is, like, a genuinely sweet friendship. Like, them dancing in their room to the records they just bought as a, like, a fun, like, older brother moment. Mm-hmm. But if you look at it from Z's perspective, it's why are you so, like, obsessed with how other people see you? And there's, like, there isn't any progress from him. And it's, so it's like at the same time, like a, hey, like I, I understand why people are attracted to people like Zeke in this situation, but it's also a people like Zeke need to get their shit together. So I just had, while you were talking, I just had like, I figured out how to add a D8 
of psychic damage to this movie, just every once in a while, pause and have like an announcer come on in transatlantic accent and drop some like don't do drugs kids shit like here we see the burnout (laughs) the burnout is seducing this young man into doing drugs this is going to ruin his life he will explode in three and it just like picks up again to bring this around at the beginning of the movie mo in voiceover says this isn't my fault and sophia said yes it is a hundred percent and matt and i said more like 90 10 the thing is zeke's emotionally manipulative I mean, that's that's fair. I don't think... I mean, he straight up tells him how to emotionally manipulate Sophie, or at least how he thinks that'll work. Yeah. And he ends up using pretty much the same thing on Mo of, like, give attention, but also, like, use that for his own end. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's it's But it's, like, emotionally... When I think of emotionally manipulative, I think of, like, significantly worse. Yeah, like, I don't, I don't sure. want to... I don't want to dwell too much on it, but, like... When I think of emotionally manipulative, I think of my parents. Which, Fair that's more of a of a emotionally a word instead of manipulative. But either way, like I don't, I'm, I'm not sure. I, I go with Im- maybe it's just me. Like maybe it's just my personal bias. But like, nah, bro, you could have said no and still be right. cool. Would you say toxic friendship? Toxic yes. friendship for sure. Yeah. Okay. I think I think toxic is a much yeah better word. Yeah. Yeah. Fair enough. But yeah, I, I, I'm I'm into that. Yeah. I did have one last point. I think really the moral of this movie is don't be friends with Pete Davidson. <laughs> yeah. Well, don't worry about that. True. Anything else of like sort of analytical thought, or do we want to just get into other things that aren't quite so heavy? Let's uh, let's let's skip to the not so heavy stuff. Unless that, you got anything? I think this movie was a few scenes away from being significantly better. Yeah, yeah. I like. I I think if if they had given Zeke a few more redeeming qualities, I think this movie would have come off as a much different. Oh, that was the thing. Thank you for saying that. You reminded me. Okay, so so here's why I think this is 100% on Mo is like. Zeke's 23 through most of this movie. Zeke's not going to change for the benefit of a 16-year-old. He's a force of nature. He is exactly the scorpion to mow the frog. Like, you can't blame a scorpion for being a scorpion. It's just what a scorpion does. Yes, you cannot blame Zeke for being, you know, a burnout piece of shit and trying to, you know, bring this kid in on his entire lifestyle. That's what burnout pieces of shit do. It's it, he's a force of nature. Mo has agency ostensibly, especially, you know, for a kid his age there. He has an unusual amount of agency in this. So like, nah, bro, you made choices. You didn't have to. You didn't have to make those choices. That's that's on you. Sorry. And I guess that does make me kind of a dick about it because you're right. Zeke is kind of like manipulative and toxic, but also Nobody's making you be friends with him. In fact, a lot of people are telling you it's a bad idea. To me, this movie, the ending especially, really fucks me up because it's like a very real consequence. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Because like we've listed what happens, but it's not like he goes to prison or dies, which are like very abstracted away from most actions you do. Yeah, I mean, to a point, Zeke wasn't wrong when he said, yeah, you're a kid. Kids fuck up. You'll be fine. 
Like, yeah, when we see him getting led away uh, by the cops, we're like, oh, so this kid's going to juvie like most kids who sell drugs would. And instead, he's being released to his parents. But it's still like, these are real shit circumstances now, and you just have to live with that. Yeah. Like, damn. Yeah, they're not like, the consequences are like, he does juvie, he switches schools, his mom cries for a month. Yeah. And like, his life will go on and still be what it was going to be. This was just like a hiccup in the road. In two more years, nobody who matters will care about that. I mean, I'm sure his parents will. Well, yeah, okay. But, so, like, you know, Because no, that's what parents do. <laughs> right. Nobody who will have an effect on the yeah. outcome of his life cares about that. Yeah, definitely. Also, this movie, I didn't like it. I know Sophia really didn't like it. Matt thought it was fine. But this movie, to me, I didn't like it, but I can't fully dismiss it as a bad movie. Like, there's some parts around the edges that yeah. just, like, make it stick with you. You're right. Like, we talked about the perfect casting. Yep. No, no, you're right. It's like, it's not it's not the worst movie ever made. I think that goes to Cremains. We're not watching that ever. But uh, it sucks, but doesn't suck bad enough to be totally dismissible. Do we want to get into ratings? If we must. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Matt, what do you got? On a scale of 1 to 10 for just, like, liking? We're yep. doing liking, right? Mm-hmm. Yes, that's our first one. Uh, Probably 6. It's like... Like like a solid six, maybe six and a half if you wanted to be generous. I'm hovering around a four. Honestly, like, I know I hated it more than Kyle and way more than Matt. So, I mean, I don't want to give it like a two because it is functionally like a movie. It makes sense as a movie. It's like 45 minutes too long and it's full of some seriously cringy stuff and it's got pete davidson for fuck's sake but like and you gotta deal with high school nonsense and yeah more y'all know how i feel about petty high school bullshit but i don't know i'll say like a three and a half and then obscurity we got never heard of this fucking movie i think it's middle of the road for like five because i remember when it came out a lot of people it was like it came out around the time of like pete davidson's like Pete Davidson was very much in the limelight because it was like, I think he had just gotten out of rehab and he had just split with Ariana Grande. So I, I feel like, Oh yeah. That remember that was a thing. I forgot about that. Forget (laughs) Megan Fox and MGK. Remember the one time when Pete Davidson was engaged to Ariana Grande. Remember how she implied he had a really big dick, which is the source of the phrase big dick energy. Yes. I do remember that. This is not, we don't live in a real world. So to put a number to the obscurity, Matt, you said like six? Like five. Oh. Yeah. Right in the middle. I was going to say like six and a half. Yeah, I'll go, I'll go six. All right. As we wrap up our episode, we first have our pop culture pop outs, a piece of pop culture that we've been interested in as of late. Matt, you are our guest. Why don't you start us off? Are we going to count sports as pop culture? Sure. (laughs) So this is just something that I think is hilarious, but the Saudi Arabian Private Investment Fund. Oh, my God. Which is run by the Crown Prince of Saudi Arabia, just bought an English soccer team, which means that Saudi Arabia, the country, effectively owns an English soccer team. Which is so funny. 
<laughs> how are they laundering money through that? No one knows. No one knows. But that is a whole, if you want to get into like a strange cultural event, that's one of them. Because not only is like the government of Saudi Arabia owning a, a, a team in a different country, they all, the firm is worth like, or the fund is worth 300 something billion pounds, dollars or whatever, which makes them the richest club in the world by 300 billion so like not only are they and there's no salary caps or like anything like that to limit a uh, buying and selling in England mm-hmm. or in Europe in general in terms of soccer teams. So they could go out and spend like three billion dollars in the next year and no one could blink an eye. They could go out and get every single player in the world. And bring they still them in. have 297 to go and still have 297. to go. So when are we going to get a Saudi Ted Lasso? Yes. So. Maddie, darling, love of my life, you missed the last episode where we talked about Saudi money laundering through SoftBank, which was a whole thing from, it's an ongoing thing. I don't think SoftBank is, you know, investing in stupid shit startups anymore, necessarily, but like, they are absolutely like, doing that kind of shit. So yeah, like that's, it's very funny that you bring that up. (laughs) Just like, delightful. Just happened like the last week. I think it's so funny. I love I love soccer. And so to just like watch the English like just have a conniption over that is so <laughs> funny to me. Sophia, what do you got for us this week? So in honor of spoopy season, I have the movie Blood Red Sky. If you've never seen this, this is I think it's like maybe German or Eastern European, but it is what if snakes on a plane, but vampires? Okay. It is It is a really, it's on Netflix. You can watch that on Netflix. It is really moody and there's a surprising amount of conflict in it. It's really emotionally, it, it fantastic movie. 10 out of 10, no notes. Kyle, what do you got? I have been reading a book series lately. I'm on the, the prologue book. Yeah. It's a sword and sorcery trilogy. And then the guy wrote like a prologue where each character has like their own book within this collection. It's called Blood Mercenaries. That's like Mm -hmm. the series. But what's really cool is that I found out about this because I went to this really low key comic convention that was in a mall. And he was selling his own books. And I'm like, shit. I mean, support artists and... I have been meaning to read more. So I was like, you know what? I'll pick it up. I'm like I said, I'm still in like the prologue book because I read very slowly, but uh, pretty good. Nice. 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 Sophia, where can people find you online? You can find me on Twitter at Hamilcarinina, H-A-M-I-L-C-A-R-E-N-I-N-A. You can find me on Medium and Quora at Sophia Helena Mesa Treat. Uh, you can find me on YouTube at the same don't find me on Facebook. Oh, uh, my Instagram is Sophia H underscore MDT. And Matt, where can we find you? You can't. Excellent. Yeah. Kyle? <laughs> I am on Twitter at Kyle the Giggles. I am on Tumblr under Hebrew Hammer. And I am also on Letterboxd under Hebrew Hammer. If you would like, there is a link at the bottom of our show notes where you can leave a voice message to be in an upcoming episode, whether to contribute to our discussion or leave a pop culture pop out of your own. But in order to contribute to the movie discussion, 
Sophia, what are we watching next time? Next time we'll be watching A Cure for Wellness. Yes, we meant to do a scary movie in October, but instead we're going to record this one on Halloween, and that I'll have to do. Yeah, sorry folks. Close enough. (laughs) Thank you for listening, and catch you next time. Bye. Goodbye. Bye, guys. Thank you.